What makes a great solar business? How can you learn from the past and prepare for the future so your solar business thrives? We set out to answer these questions and more. My name is Nigel Morris and I'm the Head of Business Development at Solar Analytics. Welcome to Great Solar Business, proudly brought to you by Solar Juice. Well, hello, solar friends, and welcome back to another episode of Great Solar Business. This week, we explore yet more secrets of how to build a great solar business for 2022. And I'm going to do something a little bit different and talk specifically about a PV product, a solar panel. Why? Here's why. The world of PV is dominated by standardized glass and wafer-based solar panels. It's about 98% of all production. There's been some recent hype. Uh, thin film PV, uh, despite that, remains a tiny little niche in the world and in Australia. But an opportunity remains in the solar market for a really lightweight, flexible solar panel. And there's a great little success story emerging right here in Australia with Sunman Energy, founded by Dr. Zhen Rongxi, who famously grew SunTech from nothing to, you know, one of the largest, solar, the largest solar company in the world for a while there, uh, and uh, had the nickname The Solar King. I reached out to my old friend, uh, Thomas Bell, who's their sales director in Australia, to learn more about glass-free, flexible solar panels. Thomas, welcome to Great Solar Business. Good morning, Nigel. Thanks for having me. You're most welcome, mate. Thanks for taking the time out of your day. So to kick off, let's do an introduction. Um, you, you've been in the solar industry for a long, long time, mate, and with Sunman since the start. What's your, what's your elevator pitch? What's your story? Yeah, so I, I started in, in solar back in, in 2008. Uh, I was looking at the numbers a, a few, few days ago. I think at that time there was like 400 homes in Australia with, with solar, um, BP solar panels at $8.50 a watt. Um, and I think that's where we, it's where we cross paths back in, back in the olden, olden days. Um, so yeah, look, I've been, been in the, in the game since, uh, 2008 and sort of riding the solar coaster like the rest of us. Um, and then I was presented with an opportunity with, with, uh, Dr. She back in 2014 to, um, you know, try something a little bit different. And that's uh, the launch of, of Sunman, uh, the world's first glass-free uh, lightweight solar panel. And, I mean, that really got me excited because, you know, back in, back in the olden days of PV, it was really a solution cell. You know, we had people with problems and we had to, you know, dive into technical solutions and, and solve problems. I guess, you know, the, you know, I guess one of the drawbacks of a mainstream market, it sort of becomes commoditized and becomes mm -hmm. a, you know, everyday product. Mm -hmm. um, so being able to sort of sidestep that and look at something new that, you know, really has the potential to unlock, you know, new, new market was um, you know, really exciting. Yeah. Nice. Nice. And, and I'm with you, mate. It, 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 it you know, it's, uh, we're all still here, you know, decades later. Um, but it, it, it does sometimes feel a bit same, same, right? So yeah. I'm with you getting into stuff that's kind of interesting and breaking new territory and, 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 you know, pushing the boundaries of what we can do and opening up new opportunities is, uh, is what gets me out of bed every day as well. So yeah. let's talk a little bit about your product, mate. Um, what makes it different? What, you know, it's glass free. Okay. Um, you know, but what really makes it different to regular modules? Yeah. So, um, 
I jokingly say that the innovation is the lack of innovation. Um, and what Dr. She's, you know, really done is, is learnt from, you know, he calls it a cross-border innovation. So he takes learnings from different industries and, and brings them together for one. So uh, we replace the glass with a composite material. Uh, so the composite material has the strength and durability of glass without any of the weight. And composite materials have been used in many industries for many decades. You know, take the aeroplane industry. Um, mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. planes are a lot lighter to, to make them more energy efficient. Um, so you know, taking learnings from composite materials used in the aviation industry, um, Dr. Shi was able to sort of develop uh, a product that had the strength and durability without any of the, the heaviness of, or bulkiness of, of glass. And then the same with, with the solar cells. Um, as you said in, in your intro, 98% of all solar cells or solar panels made in, uh, in the global market use a crystalline silicon solar cell, mm -hmm. proven, tested, reliable. Um, so why, why reinvent the cell? So um, I mean, Dr. Xi sort of pioneered SunTech with um, the you know, sort of China's first low-cost, high-quality cell manufacturing. So... Um, the innovation there is we use, use standard crystalline silicon solar cells um, and we've created a manufacturing process that allows us to integrate uh, the composite material uh, with the conventional solar cells. So, you know, in essence, we, we use the same solar cells that uh, our uh, conventional glass uh, uh, competitors use. It's, it's what's interesting about this product compared to other flexible products. I think, um, um, you know, the, the only flexible stuff you traditionally would see is, you know, some pretty low performance thin film sandwich between some cheap plastic designed for the sort of, you know, hobby market and stuff. But yours is really interesting in that it uses a regular solar cell. But, but before we get to the cells, I had a couple of questions on that. But, but tell me about its technical performance. I was chatting with a friend from UNSW the other day about, um, you know, the continuing, the ever, never ending experiments they're doing there about how to, you know, extract that extra, um, half a percent or percent of performance out of, out of solar cells and out of solar modules. And they were talking about some recent experiments they've been doing about thermal impacts on yield. And of course, you've got light transmissivity issues. You've got PID. So how, how does, your product differ in its sort of technical performance given that it doesn't have glass which has got great high transmissivity how's its thermal performance you know pid how is it different to regular panels or does it behave exactly the same yeah um so a uh, lot to to sort of tease out there but i think the first point i'd like to make is it, it's the properties of the panel are semi-flexible, but that's really not its its selling point. Because uh, let's face it, drive around any city and look out the window and tell me how many curved services are out there. There's not many. So having a flexible solar panel is is really not its main its main feature. Its main feature it's super lightweight. Um, mm -hmm. A conventional uh, seventy two cell one forty four cell panel weighs you know twenty eight kilos. Our panel weighs seven kilos. Um, because right we use the same solar cells, we have the same approximate same watts per square meter. Yep. Um, so, you know, it's really lightweight and super thin. So our panels are only uh, two millimeters thick. You know, again, where a conventional glass module is, you know, 35, 40 mm thick. So yep. now that we've got a lightweight, um, super, th super thin panel, panel, think about it like a skin. Um, 
we now have a skin that can be applied to, to any surface. And the, it, there's two ways, um, and I guess from, from my uh, opinion, we can, cut, we can cut the performance question. Um, so it's great that we've got, you know, uh, innovative scientists, you know, looking at the, the solar cell and trying to squeeze every last ounce of potential energy out of the, out of the sun's rays. But there's another way uh, that we can digest that problem is efficiency is only a factor of area. So if you've got unlimited area, well, it doesn't really matter how efficient the solar cells are. Um, what the problem that we're trying to solve is if we can make a solar skin super light, super thin, applied to any surface, you know, we, we, we're able to turn the built environment into, you know, a, an electricity generator. And the analogy I like to use there is, you know, think about how a tree makes energy. A tree doesn't have all its leaves facing 30 degrees north because that's the most efficient way of, of collecting light. Um, a tree puts its leaves wherever it can to capture whatever light at any part of the day. So the problem that we're looking at, at, at solving is creating innovative ways of mounting our panels uh, cost effectively to unlock more surfaces um, in, in, the, in the built environment and bring generation closer to load centres um, love solar farms to death, but they're, you know, six, 700 Ks away from a load, load center. We've got transmission distribution losses. Um, there is a real benefit to having, you know, large amounts of generation in, in the built environment. So, um, Got it. So, so, so make it, make it super light, make it easy to attach anywhere and just put them everywhere. <laughs> is that the theory? Sold. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I like it. I like it. So yeah, okay. So I get it. So you know, the, all those other issues and 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 um, you know around you know, I guess um, you know a very so back, back to your back to your back to your your, your yield. So yeah, um, we we as I said, we use the same solar cells that are in conventional glass panels. So yeah. um, we don't make solar cells. We buy them from the from the OEM market. So sure, generation's right. going to be the same. Uh, glass panels uh, can only dissipate heat from the back sheet because glass is an insulator. So we don't have glass. So we're able to dissipate heat from the top and from, from the bottom. Oh, um, okay. That's cool. Light transmissive. Well, that's one of the things that Dr. She's worked on with the composite material is, you know, having the same uh, properties of, of glass in terms of its uh, UV resistance, its durability, um, and its ability to, to let light through. So, um Right, right. So, so when it's all said and done, performance is is very, very similar. Is what you tell me. Very similar. Very similar. Right. Same electrical yeah. characteristics. Same inverter. Same yeah. electrical design. Um, yeah. Just go about your your normal your normal business. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nice, nice. Um, and there... there's no P, no PID. Uh, there's no glass. Um, so ah. PID free. PID free. Oh, that's a, a nice advantage. I mean, we've seen some spates of PID issues, particularly in the tropics, right? Where it's a yeah. where it's a bigger issue. Let me hit you with the with the sort of obvious question too. And you've highlighted that, you know, its flexibility is not really its key selling point. It's a it's an advantage or semi flexibility. Um it's an advantage, but you know, I, I remember well when I uh was hanging around solar factories uh, showing people uh, silicon solar cells that you know quite often someone would pick up a cell to have a bit of a look at it and ping it it'd snap into a million pieces because they're they're fairly fragile but beasts um how have you 
solve that problem by allowing the product to be semi-flexible without causing the, the stress on the cells? Yeah, great question. So that really comes down to our innovative manufacturing process and the way that our composite material actually laminates um, over the cells. So uh, like any solar module, they are, you know, fragile. You know, you can't, you know, you've got to be gentle with them to a certain degree. So same with our solar panels. Um, analogy I like to use is think about uh, installing Giprock. Um, in, it, it's it's a fragile thing on a building site, but it needs to be also rough and ready to um, for installers to handle. So the installers do need to be a little bit mindful of the, of the product, but it's also been designed you know, to be carried up ladders and, and, and put on a roof. And that comes down to the way that our composite material is reinforced and the way that the cells are, are laminated in that. Now, the cells are flexible, but if a force is applied to the cell um, with a uniform load, um, we're able to manage um, any of those, those micro cracks. Also, when you look closely um, to our, our solar module, you will actually see um, that the panel in between the cells has um, sort of minor gaps. And, and that encourages the, the module to bend around the cells without actually putting load on the cells themselves. Oh, um, yep, yep. So um, we, we've, we've done a lot uh, in terms of our uh, design to, to mitigate um, uh, the issues of, of micro cracks. Um, maybe as part of, of this post, um, we've got an uh, excellent webs, uh, a YouTube clip uh, where we actually had a, we call it a folding machine. Um, so we put a panel on a, on a machine that sort of uh, think about a piece of paper that you hold at either end and push up and it creates a, you know, a bell curve and then goes flat and yep. up and down. Um, so we did that for 48 hours and we did constant EL imaging of the panel um, during uh, that folding um, demonstration. And you can clearly see that um, there's no incidence of, of, of any micro cracks. Um, so again, Dr. Shi is a pioneer of, of, of solar cells, um, you know, with his roots at, at Suntec. So all this stuff has been uh, considered very carefully and uh, product has been uh, designed to, to, to accommodate that. Yeah, nice. And and presumably there, there's a, what is there, a radius limit on, on, on what you recommend? There is a, a radius limit. The, the, the flexibility depends on the length of the panel. So the longer the panel is, okay. the greater the radius because it's the gap in between the cells that bends, not the cells themselves. Um, so think about mosaic tiles on the bottom of your swimming pool. Um, you know, the tiles themselves don't bend. It's the gap in between the tiles that bend that allows the tiles to get that 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 curvy uh, curvy feature. Yeah, yeah, nice, nice, nice. And so, uh, so you know, like we said, you know, the majority of the world's PV is is conventional glass product. And I what what I do like about this is you're kind of leveraging the scale from the uh, wafer and cell part of the industry to you know get really super low cost. Uh, solar cells um, that are that are you know really well understood, and you can kind of obviously buy a variety of different cells and 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 follow the efficiency and performance curve up as they naturally improve. Um, and and thin film, but thin film hasn't really taken off. What makes you guys confident 
that you can compete, I guess, and survive with your technology, given that, you know, the majority of the world is conventional glass products. You know, you know, you're obviously pretty confident. Dr. G's obviously pretty confident. But what what gives you that confidence? Okay, so let's break down the market. If, if we look at the global market, um, I don't have the numbers for the exact percentages to the top of my head, but a vast majority of all solar panel sales are in utility ground mount systems. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we are doing with our product is opening up the rooftop market. As we know, Australia is probably a little backwards compared to the rest of the world as we went down the rooftop market first and the rest of the world went down utility scale. So what Dr. Shee and Sunman are actually leveraging is now the global growth of rooftop solar uh, market. Um, And we've identified globally that 40% of the industrial rooftops in the global market when they were built five, 10, 15 years ago, weren't engineered for conventional glass panels. Mm. So we have to I remember... Can't, ha- can't handle the load, right? Can't handle the load. So let's let's not forget that uh, um, a square metre of solar panels weighs 15 kilos. If you yep. want to put a megawatt on a roof, that's 80 tonnes. Yep. Um, you drive around any industrial park in Australia and look at these sheds that are one, you know, hundred meters by a hundred meters. And now you want to put, you know, 80 tons, 160 tons of additional weight on those roofs. Um, it becomes, becomes a load bearing issue yep. in, in markets like Australia um, being an Island nation, we have really high wind loads. Mm. So even though a uh, roof may be able to take the weight, of a conventional glass module. Um, Often systems are undersized because of uplift forces. So Mm -hmm. conventional glass panels sit, you know, 150 mm off the roof. Um, You you know, 100 kilowatt system is a 600 square meter, you know, sail and the wind can actually get underneath the array and actually lift the whole roof off. So by by us bonding uh, directly to the roof, um, we actually limit any uplift forces. So again, we solve those problems of, of uplift and they're often uh, problems that many commercial installers face in markets like Queensland, uh, WA, um, where, where uh, wind loads are um, a lot higher. And then we have um, non-penetratable roofs, um, really popular in parts of Europe, US and Asia, where you've got membrane roofs. So where you've mm-hmm. got uh, TPO, PVC membranes, um, where you don't want to penetrate the roof. Um, so being able to um, bond solar panels directly to a roof um, opens up all those, those membrane markets. And, and let's not forget the, the human labour aspect. You know, poor Mr Installer that has to take 4,000 panels up to the roof that weigh 28 kilos, um, you know, that's, that's a huge amount of, of labour and injuries. And mm. talk to the installer base out there and doing backs and knees and shoulders and elbows. Um, so, you know, as the rooftop market you know, commercially, um, I think, scales in Australia for the next two years, we also need to protect our installer base in making sure that, you know, it's um, you know, we're not sort of running them into the ground and breaking their bodies installing these, these heavy panels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I get it. So, you know, for you, you reckon the tech will be successful because you can open up these new opportunities, because you can find new markets, because you can 
get onto roofs that conventional panels won't get onto. And I, I, I remember firsthand going back, Christ, it's got to be 20 years ago now, we, uh, we were approached by a, a very, very large um, real estate owner who owned uh, massive distribution centres all the way around Australia. And we could fit three megawatts on their, on their big distribution centre. No problem in terms of space, but um, they, they laughed at us when we told them how heavy it was going to be. Um, and they laughed at us when we told them how many installers we'd need on the roof and they just said, you put that many people on our roof and that much weight on our roof, the whole thing's coming down. It's just not built for it. So I, uh, I, can, remember, um, I can remember having to rethink how we were ever going to get solar on those, uh, on those massive roofs. So just w- w- one question, and then we go, we'll go to a quick break. But, um, so the, the, the principal installation method is, is literally bonding it down to the roof, gluing it to the roof. Is that, is that typically that, how it's done? Yeah, that, that's it. Um, uh, yeah. Had had a beer with Dr. Shi in in 2014 when we were sort of talking about um, getting this um, business up, um, and he said we're we're going to bond solar panels to the roof. And ignorant me just had a little bit of a chuckle, saying, "What do you mean you're going to bond solar panels to the roof?" Um, but when you sort of dive into the chemical engineering and sort of into the adhesive industry, you know, bonding things is is commonplace. Take a modern car. Forty percent of a modern car construction method is using using adhesives. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, bonding solar panels to the roof is you know a really really low tech. Um, but the main benefit uh, from a Sunman perspective is we actually reduce time on roof by forty percent because you're not having to you know, install clip lock clamps, L feet, brackets, um, and yep. all, 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 all the, the all, the mount, all the mounting hardware. So, yep. Yep. Um, yep. You know, silicon gun solar panel and a multimeter and away you go um, even i could do it thomas <laughs> i can use a silicon gun all right we, and- we better t- <laughs> we better take a short break uh, before you uh, tear me apart on my installation skills <laughs> let's have a break and hear a word from our sponsors solar juice is australia's leading solar distributor providing complete residential and commercial rooftop solar component solutions SolarJuice aligns themselves with brands that share their values of service, support, quality and value for money. Like their panel brands, REC, Hyundai, Trina and Longy, their inverters, SMA, Fronius and SunGrow, along with the Tesla Powerwall battery. Check out solarjuice.com.au and let SolarJuice help you become a great solar business. Great Solar Business is also brought to you by Solar Analytics. Get more from your solar, more confidence, more savings and more insights with solaranalytics.com.au. All right, welcome back. And do uh, please support our sponsors. Uh, thanks heaps to the guys out at Solar Juice who help us keep the wheels turning here at Great Solar Business. And don't forget to like and share our show with your friends if you like it. If you don't, um, just uh, sit back down in your chair. Um, so uh, we're on the wrap now, mate. And um, so let's uh, let's uh, wrap it up with with a few final questions. The, the other thing that we know about the solar industry, uh, without any shadow of a doubt now, is that scale is absolutely essential for surviving in, in PV. In fact, um, your recent announcement about a, a one gigawatt manufacturing facility is what 
is what uh, prompted me to to reach out to you. Um, that's a big facility. Um, when does it come online? And and does one gigawatt give you enough capacity to to you know is that a big leap forward? Oh, obviously, it's a leap forward. But it, but is that the thing that's going to make the difference and allow you to scale up and and compete with conventional modules that are made in you know humongous scale and volume now? What's uh, what's the future there for you guys? Yeah. So. I mean, it's it's an obvious point that, you know, economies of scale is key to surviving in this business. So um, it's important that we get to a reasonable scale as quickly as possible to, um, you know, build up our supply chain. And I guess that's our focus as the moment is, you know, we've, we're creating new materials. The composite material industry needs to, to scale up in order to be able to, to uh, get to the sort of same volumes as, as conventional glass. Um, module manufacturers. But again, I, I come back to the point that technically we're not here to compete against glass modules. If mm-hmm, you've got a factory mm-hmm. and you really want to install solar for, you know, ESG reasons, carbon net neutrality, or just, you know, reduce your energy bill, but you can't, well, you know, you can't get conventional glass panels. So, you know, technically it doesn't matter what, you know, Sunman cost compared to glass panels. It's about making sure that the Sunman value proposition meets the, the, the customer's hurdle rates. Um, so, you know, in terms of that, that price point, um, you know, if, if, if you, you know, the elephant in the room, if you want to draw a line between a, a conventional glass EPC cost and a Sunman cost, um, there's probably about a 30% premium um, compared to um, a, a conventional glass system. So, now, we are knocking on the door already um, yep. in terms of being uh, a, a similar price to, to that of, of glass panels. So, you know, what the volume, what this one gigawatt factory does is just allows us to, you know, um, get to that next level in terms of, of consistency, um, improve our, you know, uh, manufacturing efficiency, quality control, yep. and, and just really get out there and, and service this, this enormous uh, rooftop uh, rooftop market. So, um, one gigawatt factory has been, you know, the, the, the bricks and mortar has been built. Uh, we've just turned on our half gigawatt um, production line, and the second half is being constructed at the moment, and will will go live um, in June. Yeah, nice, nice. Uh, excellent, excellent. So, you know, uh, uh, looking, looking at the future and again, thinking about the future for you guys, um, you know, we're, we're finally, looks like we're going to be actually able to meet some people face to face and slap each other on the back and, uh, stroke each other's egos at events this year for the first time in a couple of years. Um, you put, put yourself forward a couple of months when the first events there, you've got, you know, four or 500 solar retailers and installers sitting in a room. They're thinking about the projects that are coming up. They're looking at technology. What do you say to them? What's the sweet spot that, that where your technology is going to be the best solution? Yeah. So if we just talk about our generation one product, you know, it's, it's a solar module that, you know, um, that has the same dimensions as a conventional glass panel. The, the, the elevator pitch to the broader installer base is when you come across a roof that can't install conventional solar panels, give Sunman a call. We're there here to do what glass panels can't do. So it's we have no competition. Uh, we're first to market um, and we can actually help you solve problems. Um, so that's, that's point number one. Point number two, 
uh, we're in the infancy of our commercial rooftop market. So who are those, you know, innovative, young uh, commercial solar businesses that want to build a business around um, the commercial rooftop market? And that's been able to leverage, you know, lightweight solar. Um, we haven't, um, at the moment in Australia, we've got around six megawatts um, installed. Um, and we're still really going down that learning curve in terms of, you know, innovative ways of mounting the solar system, finding 40, you know, 30% savings in terms of time off roof. Um, yep. A large number of these roofs have structural limitations. So, you know, how do we build a business that, are, you know, takes this, you know, um, first mover advantage and, and become a, a lightweight solar um, installer? Um, and you've got the, the benefits of being able to invest in a, in a product in a business and sort of get in at that that ground that grassroots um, level because there's there's enormous uh, opportunity out there in that um, in that commercial uh, commercial market. I can see I can see that I can see that if, if remembering back to the days when I was trying to find a you know a point of differentiation in the market and going after some commercial stuff I I, I can see. I can imagine myself sitting there going, hmm, this is an interesting proposition. What if I pivot to being, you know, to building a new level of expertise that the rest of the industry doesn't have to deploy this new product and get into these opportunities where, you know, there isn't a lot of competition in there, as you say. So, um, yeah, that, that's nice, mate. That's a nice pitch. I, I, I like it and I can see I can see exactly what you're saying because I know it's years since I've done the numbers and I, I think they've gone up since I did a rough estimate with Warwick many, many years ago that there was about 40 gigawatts of rooftop um, uh, PV commercial, uh, uh, commercial PV potential in Australia. And I think I saw something else that said it was closer to 70. So there's, there's undoubtedly tons of roofs in the commercial sector. And uh, as we talked about, a lot of them aren't built for, you know, 50 or 80 tonnes to be up on the roof. So, And Giles has reported, you know, slender roofs in, in Renew Economy, you know. So it's... Um... It's it's a market that's out there, slender roofs. That when these structures mm. are built, they're just not engineered for uh, for for weight. And I, I and I say generation one. Now let's think about generation two. All these young listeners out there with innovative uh, you know thoughts. It's I've now got a thin, lightweight skin. I can apply to any surface. What's the evolution of creating solar products? Um, where you know solar roofing products. Um, integrating it into metal sheets, solar facades, um, you know, um, truly relocatable solar because the thing's super light. Um, mm-hmm. It's one of these downstream products that, you know, will be invented because of Dr. She's platform of thin, lightweight solar skin. So I'm really excited about the innovation that's yet to come. Um, you know, from from the next generation of of solar companies looking out there to you know turn any surface into a a generator. A generator. Oh, I like that. I like any surface, anywhere, any direction. Just slap it on, glue it on. It's um, that is the future. And I mean, I've I've watched the debate over the last, uh, particularly over the last year or two, of people saying, "Oh no, look at this system. It's facing south. It makes no sense." And vast majority of installers now will jump up and say actually it still does make it actually does make sense now it doesn't doesn't have to perform optimally to still generate a good return on investment uh, of course north at 30 degrees is better but there's a really strong business case for just um 
yeah, using the tree analogy, put it anywhere you can, make it light and um, make every surface a generator. Um, I, I really like the um, I really like the vision of of doing that. All right, mate. To wrap it up, last question for the day. Let's um, let's think about the market. And I always like to ask everyone, especially people who've been around a bit like yourself and are watching the market very closely. Where do you think we're going to get to this year? Um, there's um, there's a carton of beer on the table between Warwick and I about whether we'll beat three gigawatts or not this year. It started off pretty slow, going by what most people are telling me. What's um, what's your gut feel, mate? How do you think the market's going to roll out this year? Yeah, no, it's it's always a, a, a good question, and particularly at the start of the year, you ponder where things are, are going to go. But look, I, I mean, I, I'll take a quote from uh, Professor Martin Green. We're still in the horse and cart era of of, of solar market. Um, I mean, the sky's the limit. Um, we'll have a few operational challenges this year, particularly as, as supply chains, um, you know, catch up. Um, Labor shortages out there. In terms of getting you know good quality labour to to meet our, our demand, um, so there definitely will be some some friction points that that slow the market down. But solar's a no brainer. It's you know two to three year payback. Um, more people working from home. Um, commercial market in its infancy. Um, there was a um, article on on. Um, on the internet, you know, Goldman Sachs decarbonate, decarbonize or die. You know, mm. businesses are really, you know, um, see that they need to, you know, um, improve their um, their um, the way they do business in order to compete in in this uh, global market. So, yes, there are some friction points that will slow down growth, but um, you know, I, I think we'll we'll exceed the three gigawatts this year. Uh, hmm. Depending on on supply chain issues, labour shortages, and and you know other global forces, what percentage we get above that? Is it something on the lines of this year of five to ten percent, um, similar to last year, or or do we go back to sort of that historic twenty to thirty percent growth? I think that to me is the um, you know the where I see the the, the wrap up in terms of the market analysis. But um, so you're pretty bullish. Yeah, I, I'm pretty bullish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. Well, mate, it's it's been an absolute pleasure uh, having you on the show and um, talking about tech for a change. I haven't really dived into a, a sort of tech issue, but sadly, we're out of time. Thanks so much for joining us, mate. Great. Look forward to catching up with you one of those backslapping events. <laughs> yeah, I'll be there. Backslap at the ready. Well, friends, <laughs> that's a wrap. My name's Nigel Morris. I'm Head of Business Development at Solar Analytics. I hope you picked up some tips on how to build a great solar business and look forward to talking to you again soon. Great Solar Business was brought to you by Solar Juice, Australia's leading solar distributor. SolarJuice aligns themselves with brands that share their values of service, support, quality and value for money. Check out solarjuice.com.au and let SolarJuice help you become a great solar business. Great Solar Business was also brought to you by Solar Analytics. Get more from your solar, more confidence, more savings and more insights with Solar Analytics.